0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Create Your Life series, where we help you maximize your potential and results in the area of personal development, entrepreneurship, and travel. And I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown.
1: Create your life. Create your life.
0: Create your life.
1: Create your life. Create your life. Create your life. Create your life. And keep your life.
0: You better create your, life. <laughs> create, your life. create your life Create your life Create your life Create your life Beautiful people. This is the Create Your Life series. I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown, and it is a wonderful day. It's a great day uh, to be here in New York City. Uh, We have an amazing guest here, Um, and I just want to start by reading this gentleman's bio. Well, you know what? I even want to start before then. I actually had the opportunity to uh, meet this gentleman. Uh, As you all know, I have been Um, a fellow for the Startup Leadership Program for the last, I don't know how many months, probably almost seven now, uh, learning some amazing things, but also having the opportunity to hear from some experts. And this gentleman came in uh, on the first class that I was actually uh, a part of or in charge of hosting. And uh, he came in and did an amazing job on the panel. And so, of course, in typical Create Your Life fashion, I tracked him down and said, can you please, please, please be on the Create Your Life series? I think that you have a wealth of uh, knowledge that create your life family would love to hear about and he definitely obliged and so he is here um this gentleman is an award-winning uh product management veteran he has uh two decades worth of experience uh leading and managing product teams Uh, he's held various executive and advisory roles uh, from founder of several startups to driving diverse organizations and online services uh consumer products and wearables. I'm very curious about the wearables. What are the things that he's made, you know, that people are actually wearing? Definitely want to figure that out and find out about it. But he's also uh, the founder of the product group. Uh, And to date, he has created the largest product management meetup in the world with 16,000 plus members in NYC and hosts the annual awarding of the best product person. And I just want to point out that it's actually hard to get New Yorkers to meet up in one place because... Um. There's so many things going on in New York. So I definitely, we definitely have to find out his hacks to making uh, such a phenomenal group. Um, accelerating the next evolution of product management, uh, he acts as a creator and instructor of the 10-week product management course at General Assembly and the New School, and mentoring at Women 2.0 and Lean Startup Machine, where he has been a judge. He has been recognized as one of the top 40 influencers in product management and loves speaking at events on the topics of product management, startups, and AI. Some recent talks Bloomberg Beta Turpentine uh, talk, How to Really Use Lean, and Samsung Next, Alpha's Future of Product Management, From Politics to Recruiting, and NYU's EIA, and What's Next for AI. Uh, beautiful people, Create Your Life family, please welcome Mr. Jeremy Horn. Jeremy, say what's up to the Create Your Life family. How you guys family? doing? Uh, we're doing good doing real good man i'm happy to be here i didn't realize that your bio was such a mouthful (laughs) until like literally going through it i'm like dude this guy is he's amazing um i think the my first question to you is is um what are some of the startups that you've had and you know selfish question what wearable tech did you create (laughs) (laughs)
1: um Let's, uh, we'll get to the wearable tech thing. That, that was one of the uh, less, less successful uh, ventures. Okay. Um, but uh, the startups I've created, participated in, uh, I st- my very first company, my very first job mm-hmm. uh, was back in the 90s. I uh, did my very first startup back then because that's what you were supposed to do. It was the end of the 90s, mm-hmm. um, and everybody was doing that. Yeah. Um, and I actually, fortunately, because of that very first startup, which was networks of comp- set network security, mm-hmm. married up with AI um, to basically do predictive analytics of what what people are when they're hacking into networks to catch them before they did something nefarious Mm -hmm. Um, back then the funny story about that company was called H horrible name for a company the letter H Um, (laughs) you always had to spell it which was even more confusing for people and so this new this company we're doing network security when you wanted to raise money and this Mm -hmm. is this is this I always like sharing this little bit of a story when you wanted to raise money for this network security company back then you didn't talk about the AI You didn't talk about the neural networks you were designing. Mm. You didn't talk about any of that stuff. You know what we talked about? XML. Because if you used XML, it could work everywhere. And then that's when uh, XML was hot and new back in the 90s. And everyone would be like, oh, really? Tell me more about this XML thing. (laughs) Right, right. Um, And that's how you got in the door. Um, Not the AI, not the neural networks. Um, Who knew AI was going to be a big thing? Back then it was like, eh, I'm using it.
0: Right. Um, Uh, Because I'm hearing that. I'm like, okay, so 20 years ago you were using AI, but AI is such a huge thing right now. How does it feel to be ahead of the curve? And now you're kind of like, I told you, I told you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I say I'm,
1: I'm ahead. Of, we were ahead. Of, I'm ahead of the curve in the sense, or myself, the people I was working with, we were ahead mm. of the curve back then, in that we were using AI to solve a lot of these problems. I, I went to Carnegie Mellon mm-hmm. University, and so yep. I learned from a lot of the people who created a lot of AI and neural mm-hmm. networks. The difference that you have then and today is today. I'd say we were ahead of the curve, but at the same time, it was still very hard to solve a lot of the problems we were trying to solve. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until more recently, and that's where you have the whole new renaissance in AI, mm-hmm. that the right kinds of neural networks, the right kind of algorithms, the right kind of scale with the clouds um, that you have today that made that makes these things actually possible. The net, if the convolution neural network existed today mm-hmm. or, or existed back then, my startup would have been much more or be, might even be around today mm-hmm. um, that I did back in the nineties. Yeah. Um, we were, we're trying to solve a lot of the problems that are actually solved now today, mm-hmm. um, so I started with that back in the nineties um, and then i worked at, i've either kind of been founding startups or- partic- or basically leading product organization startups ever since mm-hmm. um i actually my first my very first job after that was uh VP of new products. And I'll tell you, very honestly, yeah. I did not know I was a product manager when that was my title. I, my next, my job after. <laughs> you didn't know what a product manager was. I knew I was very good at technology. I started when I was five years old, uh, programming. Well, I, I was fortunate. You were programming Yeah, yeah I saw your five. face right how's there. That, how's that work? So my father used to teach programming at the boys club. Um, and so he would teach at the boys club and he would teach logo. Um, and for people who don't know what Logo is, yes, you had a little triangular turtle-like thing on the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could tell it to move forward 10, turn 30 degrees right, move forward, and you would like draw a picture. Now, mm-hmm. if you were really fancy, and I knew some people did, you could write p- actual programs that you know, would ask you your name and you could answer. Um, mm-hmm. That was very advanced back then. So what would happen is he'd bring me along and he'd sit mm-hmm. me in front of a computer while he would teach Logo. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they, he would tell them what to type. And at some point, I'm five years old, I'd start typing it as well. Right. Um, and so I picked up programming extremely early on. Yeah. When I was in kindergarten, yeah. they would ha- they would take us to a room. It was mm-hmm. very special. They'd take you to a room when you did this test. And you would answer questions on a computer, which was a Commodore. Right, And I remember this very much because I was the only one who knew what a Commodore was because I had this at home. And right. I used to break, cancel the program, go into the basic code, and I would <laughs> change it for myself. Cause it, I, I had five years old. Yeah. Up. I love no, it. No, that,
0: well, what, kindergarten. I think you're a little uh, older yeah, yeah, at maybe that six. point. Maybe it's about that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, where was your, where's the club at? Where, where'd you grow up?
1: um i grew up western massachusetts uh okay. pittsfield okay um so if you know like tanglewood or the berkshires that's mm-hmm. where pittsfield that's where that's where i grew up my family is actually all from new york my my mother's side my father's side both from new york okay uh their teachers they were teachers here originally and yeah. then they they're teachers in massachusetts
0: and so your dad just taught programming like kind of like on a volunteer basis yeah. yeah at the so boys that's awesome yeah what, what you're saying right now is reminding me of outliers you know the book uh, mm-hmm. by malcolm gladwell yeah. and it's like you know when You know, you look at at some people, you say, oh, you know what? These people are amazing and they are amazing. But there's like these uh, these other stories that are not necessarily being told. And I think that that is so cool uh, that you had that that wherewithal and I guess knowledge itself, you know, to start programming all the way at five. So I would say that you you obviously have a vision, right? Because you (laughs) literally have been, you know, dealing with A.I. for the last 20 years and things like that. Um, Where do you see? ai taking us now because now we're seeing robots and and things like that i'm thinking of the iRobot movie you know what i mean but a friend of mine had wrote a book called the end of jobs taylor pearson and so i'm just curious like you know where is ai taking us and how do you think that it will be impacting us in the future and will humans still be doing anything what will be our value in the workforce if everything can become automated
1: where is AI taking us? Well, I would, I would first preface it with I, I don't take the perspective of uh, Elon Musk. I don't think AI is going to attack us or kill us or anything like that. Okay. Um, AI is, is one of the many tools that you use to solve a problem. It's an algorithm. It's how you create the algorithm that's a bit unique. When you're thinking about AI, it can now solve more problems at greater scale than we could before. Mm-hmm. Um, But when you think about the jobs, one of the cool things about uh, what I see happening in the job market, I don't see that we're going to be eliminating jobs so much as creating new opportunities for people who might not have actually had opportunities for jobs. And let me explain. Think of people who, uh, they went into the humanities, they they did English studies or or art history, and their Mm -hmm. parents were like pulling out their hair going, oh my God, what have you done? Right, right. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And all of a sudden now, you now, it's... You, those, those roles, those people, people who went into humanities and liberal arts, there's actually now much more of a need for that type of role in these te- so-called tech companies or the people working with AI than ever before. Uh, a great example would be a company I worked at uh, somewhat recently called uh, Wade and Wendy. Um, mm-hmm. And I won't go too much into the, the, what, that, that, what that company did, but you know what we were hiring? Writers. We were interviewing people who could write television shows, scripts, because we were trying to figure out how to make an AI communicate and set the scene and the tone and convey certain feelings. Mm. That's something that programmers are not usually thinking about. They're right. thinking about, how do I just make this work? work. Right. Um, and so I see a lot of opportunity in a lot of areas that were massively underserved that haven't benefited mm-hmm. from the whole tech boom and the, the startups. you graduate art history... You're going to have a great time. It's awesome. <laughs> um, but you, it's, we weren't going to probably get a job at a tech company, at a right. tech startup, and, and be able to maybe benefit from those ridiculous salaries and those, that ridiculous growth that um, a lot of those, the lucky few who kind of make it into that world mm-hmm. are able to benefit from. Yeah. Um so I see AI creating a lot of opportunities sure it eliminates jobs mm-hmm. um absolutely but yes. at the same time just like any technology I think it I see it creating even more opportunities and maybe that person who wanted to become a writer Maybe le- leaned away from it and said, okay i 'm going to be a doctor because i, c- I can 't make a living do it. Right. Maybe they now will actually become a writer, and then they can find some interesting opportunities in a lot of these types of organizations and I like that, mm-hmm. um, and I think that kind of broadening of the skill of the needed skills mm-hmm. is only going to be a positive thing,
0: so you see AI as a way of helping people to literally follow their dreams yeah, because uh, AI
1: you need it to be human right and so all these people who went into tech. I, I I know them. I'm I'm one of the we're a little bit less human. We need we need some <laughs> of the people more on the human side to help out. Um I like it. I and like it. uh you want them you want it to be alive. You're now having a situation where everyone can contribute to the goal mm-hmm. and make it a better thing as opposed to a very small subset of of people.
0: Okay. Um you're obviously very passionate um about AI, about technology overall, but you've chosen to focus in on product management. What um what got you involved and sparked your, you know, your passion for this topic and role?
1: Yeah, I never picked product management. And I think uh, when you think about product management, that's probably the most common thing you'll ever hear people say is that they didn't pick product management as, as a field. When it came to product management, it was really more I realized I was doing it. Uh, What got me into that space, I used Mm -hmm. to kind of say, I always operated at the nexus of technology and art or technology and design. The rest of the organization kind of understand it. Mm -hmm. Um, That's how I always describe myself. I didn't know I was a product manager when I started out. Right. Um, But I got into it. I did a ton of programming. Uh, I finished the AP course in high school in my freshman year. I actually thought there was nothing left. I was like, okay, solved all the computer problems. Oh, um, wow. And, yeah, I wish I had a little bit more guidance there. Yeah. Uh, but that, like, I'd gotten there. I'd been winning art awards. I had like, oil paint, charcoal, that kind of stuff. And for me, product and product management was kind of this interesting nexus. Now, now, you kind of fast forward today. That was kind of, I think, for the time, that was the right thing when you're thinking about combining like the user experience and technology and design and and business goals when you're thinking about all those types of things it was the right thing but i think when you kind of fast forward to today it is a different sort of skill set and i think different drivers can kind of drive you to that mm-hmm. um but i do find those the people that are, are kind of have that strong aesthetic uh, eye and also have uh understanding of the technology, not necessarily they can write the code or they, they, ha- they know enough to be able to direct the people who are executing, mm-hmm. executing the work. Yeah, so it's, I didn't pick product management. It just turned out that was the right thing and the right sweet spot for where I was at the beginning and really what kind of carried me through. Like I said, I'd, when I was VP of, uh, of uh, new products, didn't yeah. know I was doing product management. <laughs> uh, it wasn't until... I think the job after when I decided to create a product organization inside the company, right. I said, there's got to be a name for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Microsoft calls them program managers, and they've had pro- program managers for a very long time, right. uh, longer than people think product management's been around. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't until, I think, more, the more maturity where you had more like the Steve Blanks and the Eric Reeses really helped define it. Some things they defined very well, some things less so. And I think once they kind of started putting names on on these things and helping better define and help people understand, I think that's when it became clear. Oh, this is re- this is really product management. Oh, this is lean method. All those types of things that you're, you 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 do when you enjoy as a product manager.
0: Mm. What do you feel like are just, just say three components of a great product manager?
1: I, number one, I meet a person. They say I want to go into product management. I'm Perfect. always going to say why. Mm-hmm. Um, the most common answer you're going to get it bums me out a little is i want to go into product management because i want to tell people what to do and mm. I, I go okay well we'll work with you Let, let's see what we can do here okay um, but the best answer if you tell me that the reason you want to go into product management is you want to help people you want to help people solve problems or you want to solve problems for people right if that's your first answer and you can tell like with someone who's never done product it because this, this instinctual answer that's the person who's going to make a great product manager um, and those are the types of people I'm looking for. And those are the types of people, um, that I always try, I try to find in the crowd, mm-hmm. um, to just really kind of lean in a little bit more and, and help them out. I'm, I meet them once in a while, maybe like two or three a year, oh, um, wow! F- I'm talking at the beginning of their careers. Right, right. Um, and yeah. when you find them, those are, those are some very special people, but those are going to make some very, very good product managers, very great product managers. Mm-hmm. Not saying the other people can't be good product. You just have to say, "Hey, you're really in it to solve problems right. and to generate value for the user and the business." Mm-hmm. Um, if when you kind of get come to terms with that, and you say, "Oh wait, I do want to do that." Oh, and by the way, no one's going to listen to you, but that's okay. Stick with it, and, and, <laughs> and it'll work. Like when they can come to terms with that, yeah. And if they still want to do that, great. It'll be you'll, you're going to have a lot of fun. Um, If you don't like that, you're going to have a job where you have all this responsibility and no authority, um, especially for the first half of your career, maybe a little bit longer. Mm. um, Then it might not be the right fit for you. Mm.
0: Uh, (laughs) Gotcha. So that's number one is to make sure that you are actually in it to to help out others. You know what I mean? To serve the the user. What what would you say the other two are? The
1: the next one is creativity. Mm. Um, I know it can be taught. I know it can be taught. There's books. There's classes. Right. I can't teach it. Um, and I don't know a lot of other people who can teach creativity. Mm. I can teach you analytics. I can right. teach you metrics. I can teach you math. I don't know how to teach you creativity. What I mean by creativity is you're solving a problem. I don't want you to look for a copy of someone else's problem. Like, yes, know what the market is. If you see something that you think is the right thing, go for it. We'll try that in the product. Mm-hmm. I want you to be able to look at the product and identify something outside the box. Try something new. Throw some spaghetti at the wall and see if it sticks. Right. And a lot and too many product people are just not creative. They they can execute. Mm-hmm. They can kinda they can iterate, but they iterate in such a, in such a narrow and right. such a narrow path vacuum. that it's it, it lacks kind of the spice. I want you to come up with the ideas I couldn't come up with, and so I'm looking for people who are very creative. I'm um, very passionate about it. But it's that creativity that's, that's kind of hard. And so I'm always testing to find mm. people with that kind of creativity.
0: Got gotcha. you. Got gotcha. you. What's your third?
1: What's my third? At the end of the day, they have to be people people.
0: Mm. I like that.
1: All product managers, sure, you're going to have a roadmap or a slice of a roadmap or a backlog that you'll be managing. You'll be working with features. You'll be working with the tech team. Um, hopefully you have, you're able to do a strategy. If you're not able to put together a strategy, your career is limited. Um, Mm. but that, uh, let's assume that you can do that. At the end of the day, you have to be a people person. You have to be someone that people can like, that people can follow, that you can inspire. You might be a product manager with no team, um, but (laughs) which is the most common kind, but you have this product, you're a product manager with no team and you have all these other people out there, like you have these developers, you have stakeholders, you have the CEO, you have marketing, you have all these other people, that you actually have to get to follow you on right. this path that you know is the right path. Not because it's your gut, because mm-hmm. you, you did your job and you did all this research and you talked to all these people and you have all this kind of scientific evidence that you do research that this is the right way to go.
0: Mm-hmm. Now
1: you got to get them there. Yeah. Maybe it's a pizza. Maybe it's that easy. You buy them a pizza, <laughs> you're good. Right, um, right, right. Maybe it's harder, but you have to be that kind of people person to be able to manage and massage those relationships, not to fight with people, not to, not to force them to the right solution that you believe right. is right, but you got to get them there somehow. Right. And you have to, once you understand that after everything's said and done, after like the fundamentals of product management are done, mm-hmm. that it's the relationships and it's the people part, mm. that's the part you have to master. And improve on that's the part that i'm always working on myself
0: Mm -hmm. okay i love that um and while doing research on you because i i try hard to be a people's people or people's person uh i was doing research on you looking at your linkedin you know and i guess this attests to you and the way that you're great with people i had the opportunity to look at some of your recommendations and what people were saying about you one of your students uh said that And this is a direct quote. Jeremy was my instructor for the 10-week product management course that I took at General Assembly. In that short amount of time, I learned how to gauge whether a product is viable from a business perspective, desired by my customers, and how to bring that product to life. Can you give us a quick crash course in how we could do this, you know, for those in the Create Your Life uh, series family who are looking to create a product or who are probably in the midst of, you know, can you give us a quick crash course?
1: Yeah, at the at the end, Let me. I'll do a very quick summary. Okay. Um, and I, let me let me preface it with kind of an overarching statement. A thing I want you to, everyone to keep in their mind. Yes. Is don't think. Thinking is what kills everything. And I don't mean be stupid. I mean right. don't, don't overthink something. Right. And by that, a great example of a, a successful product I had, and it, it's a product. It's uh, I have run this mentorship program, mm-hmm. and. I didn't put a lot of work. I didn't think about it at one. At some point, people at, said, I saw that there was a, there might be market demand for something. There's a mentorship program where we can help people, so I put up a Google form. I didn't think about it. I didn't think what the mentorship program would look like. I didn't think about put up a Google form. Are there people? Next thing I know, it goes worldwide. There's 20 countries. Uh, it's in 20 countries. There's people all over the world. Mentors and mentees. I'm like, oh, cool. Now let's create it. And the reason I give that specific example, mm-hmm. that's like your ultimate minimum viable product, right? Don't build anything. You, kinda, you do a quick, tiny slice, and you throw it out there. Did it work? It didn't work. Okay. If it doesn't work, try something else. You can abandon it, of course, or you can try something else. You can pivot. You can change something. Right. Um, when that works, great. Throw something out there, but don't spend, a, don't spend a month. Don't spend weeks. Spend a day or two. Throw it out there. Set a de- say, in two days, if I have 50 people sign up, that's great. I'm going to go to the next level. Right. And it's all about kind of mitigating risk, but you have to execute and do it. And so in in the course uh, that 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 student was talking about it was about we covered really the the entire kind of spectrum of product management and it covered everything from kind of like the basic processes um to identifying kind of product and market fit um to really and I think to me one of my favorite lessons in, in the entire course was always doing the MVP which was teaching people that the MVP is much smaller than you ever imagined. Right. Um, I had this this great opportunity of meeting uh, Vin Vincati uh, from Yipit. I don't know if you're familiar with these guys. But this, for me, was was that kind of magic moment in understanding lean methodology. Okay. Lean methodology, for me, a lean product, Mm -hmm. spend two, three months working on it, and then I'll, I'll put something out there. That used to be how I thought about it. Right. And when I meet him... He's got this great story he's got this great great perspective of lean methodology and so he I used to joke and I think a lot of people joke like, "Oh, if only we could put that programmer in a box and he'll just type the answers that's what they did i' uh, not the box part, but <laughs> they they went through a lot of uh challenges in their in their company, and at some point they said this isn't working we're ha- we're hemorrhaging money we're spending too much effort in this one area in this one direction, and at one point they said. We think we can do recommendations, and this was kind of uh, those coupon sites. And what they do is they aggregate all the coupon sites, and right. they say like give you like a custom thing for you. To do this, what they did is they throw out a Google form, almost like what I did for the product product mentor. They threw out a Google form mm-hmm. to see if people would sign up. People start signing up, and they're paying for it, and they're paying for all basically these recommendations for coupons that are custom to you. What you don't realize, it's a Google form, and there's a little old lady in Texas that's reading your Google form and your answers, and she goes. I know coupons. And she'd browse the internet, looking mm-hmm. for coupons for someone, fill out a form, paste it together, and send it out. So it was that, kind of that moment. It was kind of like that epiphanal moment mm. for myself where all of a sudden I was like, oh my God, they really put a person in a box and they delivered the product. They didn't build anything. Mm-hmm. they they so they figured they validated that this much smaller product, sub major subset, an inward pivot of their much larger product,
0: mm-hmm.
1: was really the right thing to do. They were able to validate. It. Now here's the great part. That's the next problem they have to solve. Do they have to automate it? Do they need AI to figure out the perfect personalization? Mm-hmm. They needed to scale the little ladies in Texas. That was right. the most important part to scale. So instead of wasting money on AI and personalization and all this kind of Stuff that who knows if it bears fruit or what fruit it bears. Right. Make a system so it's easier to scale up the little old ladies. Mm. Um, and so that's kind of how they started. And w- it's kind of when I sat there, and he was a featured product at my meetup. And when I lear- when I heard, it, heard him say, say this story, like I'm kind of like, my face kind of glazes over. And I'm like, oh, my God, that was it. Like That was kind of <laughs> like the moment where it finally r- truly crystallized for me that any, whatever that minimum viable product was that you thought you had in mind, you can do it much much smaller and so in, in the course well, that's one part of what i challenge the students to do as well is they all do mvps and then i have each student kind of critique each other how could you do it more efficiently how could you shrink it down how could we get at that problem better instead of like a week or how can you make it a, validate in an hour how could you make it less work mm-hmm. um, some of them create very elaborate contraptions to validate their products right. um, but i i try to pr- show them like maybe you could have done a web form or maybe you could have just spoken to people in a park Mm -hmm. the figures figure out that one thing get to the next thing after that
0: i love it and with that you know we're talking about the lean methodology which you are obviously a guru at Uh, one of my friends todd he always he always reminds me of this anytime that i'm like oh man you know what i don't know what's happening he's like look things could be worse you could (laughs) have just spent fifty thousand dollars on an app and have zero users um how important would you say um testing and road mapping is in the product cycle and for a company
1: so those are two different types of questions um first you have the testing and first you have testing and experimentation so on the that first step you have to do that Mm -hmm. um like i and you said fifty thousand. i know another company i happen to work there it was a very large company so anyone who looks through my bio they'll find it pretty quickly it was a very large company five million dollars for a mobile app um, complete wow. waterfall. No, idea, and at the end it was okay. Didn't m- perform great. wasn't amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and who knew what was going to come out the other side? Right. Um, you gotta, you gotta experiment. If you're going to be successful, you gotta take the tiny slices. You gotta figure out how can I have, I have a question today. How can I answer it tomorrow? Roadmapping is absolutely critical, but I think you have to be careful when you're doing a roadmap that it's a, more of a, it's more organic. It's more living. It's more about kind of what I'm doing now, next, and later, mm-hmm. as opposed to where it becomes this cold waterfall complexity. Mm-hmm. Um, when you think about it in the terms of of that, if you're thinking like you have in th- six months we're going to do that, mm-hmm. be, and you're, uh, you're losing sight of that you might not, w- are you assuming you're not learning something in those six months? And so you need to make sure That's that really you can point. be very adaptive. Right. I don't mind knowing that this is where I think I'm going to be in six months mm-hmm. based on today. But but with that said, how do I have something that can also be very flexible so that when I am there six months from now, I didn't like lock myself in or I didn't lead people astray or I'm now going to have a marketing department flipping out or a CEO going, why didn't I get it? Right. We well, didn't get it because it was a bad idea, and I learned that three months in. Yeah. Um, and so you, you want to be kind of flexible in that. And so there's a lot of different ways of doing roadmaps mm-hmm. um, that can be very flexible towards that. Uh, But roadmapping is critical. It's how you keep yourself on track. It's how you communicate what you're doing internally, externally.
0: I love that. Just the fact that you said that you have to be flexible and assume that in that period of time, because, you know, a lot of times with the roadmap, you're going to say, oh, you know what, this is what we're doing, you know, 12 months from now, six months from now. But you said be fluid and, and really understand that you should be learning something in this time. So that adaptability, I love it. Well, beautiful people, we're going to cut to a musical break, so what I want you to do is I want you to call in, ask Jeremy questions, 212-650-6903, or leave us a whatever questions you have for Jeremy on Facebook Live. All questions are welcome, and right now we're going to cut to a quick musical break. Beautiful people, this is the Create Your Life series. I'm your host, Kevin White Brown, and we are back with the product guy. Who's the product guy? That's me. That would be him. And who are you? <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy Horn, Jeremy, aka the product guy. The product guy. Okay, so Jeremy, uh when we left, you were definitely giving us uh, some insight on road mapping and uh, how important it is, you know, to lean, use the lean method and to actually test out um, you know, your products and things like that, really get that feedback. Uh one company that continuously puts out new products uh is Apple. It uses uh pricing strategies to segment new customers and array and an array of other tactics. Um, what do you think are some of the key components to a company like Apple uh, and others you know really uh, generating success over time
1: at the end of the the day when you're looking to kind of separate your kind of identify the successful companies from the the less successful or the unsuccessful companies you're looking at uh, those who experiment those who those who are constantly iterating and trying to learn Um, I I think a very common uh, misperception about Apple is that they don't do any? Uh, that they don't do research, or or they just knew the right things to do? They divined it, or someone inside divined it, um, which is an awesome, uh, awesome way to think about. it, Especially if you're a product person, because you just kind of walk, want to walk into a company and and tell everyone this is the way. How come? Because I had a dream, I had a vision. Um, sounds really great, makes a great book. Um, but even Apple, even Apple, I'll say, uh, does research. Even Apple uh, uh, does market research, user testing, does experiments. You might not know about it, um, but that's because that's part of the, the magic and the mystery Apple wants to create about themselves is like, we just knew the right thing. But trust me, even Apple does do experiments and iterate um, and do a lot of user testing, a lot of user research, um, that a lot of the success, those successful startups out there that do. When I hear about, when I work with a startup or I hear about a startup that is being very successful, I'll tell you, I sit down, I interview them, and I, I get really in depth with with their methodologies. And how they, they didn't know what product management was. They probably don't have a product manager. They don't know what lean methodology is. They didn't mm-hmm. have that. But as they're telling me, so I tried something, and about a month it wasn't working. So a month later we changed it, and then another month later we changed. And they're doing this iterating. They're they're doing a lot of lean methodology without even knowing it. And it's those people who kind of have it like that instinctual that uh, lean thinking of that constant experimenting and f- kind of feeding in on itself and not getting emotionally attached to something right. and just doing and executing.
0: Doing um,
1: those are the people that, those are the people that when I talk to them and I see their products, that they're amazingly successful. I met, there's a product that I've got coming up soon and the she was like an army of one. But she's been so massively successful because she's just been iterating the whole way through. This didn't work or this worked. And learn, taking those learnings and immediately feeding it back into the product loop. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are the ones that I'm always fascinated by. And I, like, I love finding those kind of diamonds in the rough on the product side.
0: I, I like that you said that, you know, the diamonds in the rough. Because it's not always the better, better product that sells. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's the lesser product that may be doing some things that others aren't. What do you think? Can you give us like three things why this is effective?
1: Yeah, well, I I, th- I think there's um there's a mar- there's an aspect of marketing mm-hmm. um there's wh- who who's got the better marketing mm-hmm. who's got the better marketing uh, that definitely comes into play mm-hmm. uh, uh, when when kind of getting the word out there um, think uh, like there was Twitter and I think it was the the competitor to Twitter at the time was called Jaiku I mm-hmm. think if I remember it correctly people I'm sure will be happy to correct me on that <laughs> um, and I, uh, and I, Jiku, you could do all these really cool things, and it, you, could do pictu- you could do pictures. You could do pictures. What an idea! And it was it was a nice user experience. But Twitter won. Uh, Twitter had a lot of the momentum. They had a lot of the word of mouth. They had a lot of that virality kind of built in. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also found the product market fit with the right m- uh, uh, movers in the industry faster. Mm, right. um, and so. And, and, and also, I'd say Jaiku wasn't positioning itself perfectly correctly, um, the, assuming that's the right name of the product, um, they weren't positioning <laughs> themselves entirely correctly. Um, and then also, at the end of the day, it's who executes better, um, too. Um, yeah. And I feel like for all the problems that Twitter had, especially back then with the fail whale and everything, mm-hmm. they were still executing better. They fixed their problems. Right. Um, Today, different different story, right. but back then they they were solving and they were moving and they were they were iterating um, and I think that really kind of made the difference when you're thinking about that example, and just a lot of others
0: okay uh, I want to switch modes a little bit, and I want to talk about this meetup. You have the the largest product meetup in the world, um, you know uh, the product group. How did you get your meetup? You know, <laughs> you know, you've been doing it for nine years plus, but how did you get your meetup to sixteen K and what is the even the experience like of coming to one? I haven't been yet. And I say <laughs> yet because I will be there, but
1: Yeah, so let me tell you where it came from. Okay. Um I think that'll kinda help you think about uh the magic. Right. I say it in quotes right now for <laughs> those who aren't seeing my fingers. Air um <laughs> <laughs> um the pro so I used to go to meetups all the time, okay uh, especially during the internet boom uh, and there was like a group of us um, that you kind of that are kind of you see around around New York a lot today um, but back then we were we just went to meetups and we saw each other um, I, like uh, uh, red tie Gary and a whole bunch of other people Nate westenheimer There's a whole group of us that would go to a lot of these meetups okay I used to go to them a lot They were some were fun um but at the end of the day, like some were fun, and then kind of after the boom, it kind of got a bit draggy and boring. Mm-hmm. Like what is what was a meetup back then? You go, um, maybe it was a support group. There were those as well, mm-hmm. um, where you kind of just dr- drank m- support group slash networking. Okay, um, and um, they get, they're hard to separate sometimes. <laughs> um, and so, <laughs> and so you had a lot of those where you go get you pay five dollars, mm-hmm. you get a drink, you talk to you mingle with people, and then you'd leave. Yeah. Um, and then you had the other kind where you'd go, you sit in the audience, s- three, five, 10 people would give a presentation. Maybe you'd ask questions, but well, mostly you would just kind of sit there. Then there'd be like networking before and after. And I found it so boring. Yeah. And it, it, it I think for the, for some people and for certain, certain types of information, I think it's the right thing. Um, for myself, mm-hmm. I wanted to learn. I wanted to be engaged um, and I didn't want to feel like I was going to fall asleep at any moment if there was like a bad presentation or if right. there, something was kind of going south. So I had the fortunate. I got invited to certain meetups over time where I liked a little bit. Of, I liked a little of this. Mm. I liked a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I hated this. I hated this. it. There's more things I hated than I liked. <laughs> right, and right. so what the product group became and the format, I really just it where it is today is really almost 98% where it was on day one. Mm. And what I did was, it was I just put together this group of, uh, if I could design my own thing, what would it look like? And I just wanted to meet with people over dinner and talk about product issues, ask for help with problems. So many product people, back then as well as today, you're the one product person in a company, or you, there's no one you can get advice from, or, right. or and so I just wanted it to be kind of, you come in, okay, my CEO told me to do this, do I have to do it? I remember I was one of the early questions that I right, asked right. at one of the meetups. Um, and that's what I wanted. I just wanted this kind of a laid back round table sort of style, mm-hmm. um, help with problems, dive into someone's product, because we all love hearing, thinking about how we would do right, someone right. else's work differently. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of what it was. And that's, and it started back then. And I think by the second meetup, I had featured products. Okay. Um, we, we, take a, we take a product mm-hmm. um, that's been out there for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we have them come in talk about the product, share their lessons learned. Mm-hmm talk about uh, their journey to where they are but also what are the challenges they're still facing and we as like a group of a hundred or so people round table style I also describe it as Thanksgiving dinner style Mm -hmm. um, we all get together and uh, we try to troubleshoot and solve their problems so far we're batting a thousand um, so we've always had something (laughs) (laughs) we always had something kind of come away and so the the product and where the product group started was I was on Twitter so there was a time on Twitter you could meet with, you could actually meet new people. I know it sounds crazy to people today, but I was talking on Twitter, I had doing some consulting and product management, mm-hmm. um, and I, I think I might have been complaining or, sh- or just sharing, I don't remember right. the details sharing, of that, we'll um, on Twitter about a clock. Someone says, oh, they're moving back to New York, it'd be great to maybe meet up. So I say, okay, sure, let's meet up over coffee. And I met them through Twitter. So we're supposed to, we're supposed to meet up for coffee, um, and it turns out this 30-minute coffee meeting turns into a three-hour conversation, and we're just going on and on. Yeah, yeah, and I'm then at cool. the end of it, I said, wouldn't it be kind of cool if we get some more people? Yeah. Um, and they're like, yeah, that'd be neat. Um, so that night, that night in August of 2009, I went home mm-hmm. um, and basically created the logo, the description you see on the site. Everything that you see there today yeah. got created on that day back in 2009. Because I figured, yeah, let's try and see what happens. I spent a month looking for the worst restaurant in New York City. And I did that on purpose because I figured the worst restaurant wouldn't make me order food. Right. And so I looked for restaurants around 7 o'clock at night that were completely empty. And so I finally found one that was, like, abandoned and, oh, and empty. And so that's where I had the first meetup. Yeah. And so the first meetup ends up being October of that year. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how we did it. And we started with, I think, f- f- five people came to the first one. Next one, 10 people. Um, yeah. And we've been just growing very steadily. Advertising that doesn't help. Marketing doesn't help. It's mm. a lot of word of mouth, um, and it seems to be a right kind of format that seems to help kind of spread it.
0: I love that, and I like how you just you know summed it up. Like, look, this it has to be organic. You know what I mean? And it has to you have to provide an experience. And again, shouts out to your vision because you said that it's still almost the same as it was. You know when you first started. Uh, that's amazing. All right, so. We're going to switch modes and kind of w- you're heading towards the dolphin tank, so I hope that you can swim. I
1: can. You can <laughs> swim? All right. So
0: before we get in there, um, what are your goal setting methods and how do you go about making sure that you grow every year?
1: People might be familiar with a terminology called OKRs, objectives and key results. So often it's applied in the world of product management or uh, a career development or in an organization that kind of help get people and teams aligned. Um, I apply it also to my personal life as well because I'm nerdy like that. Okay. Um, objectives and key results. Again, uh, in, uh, in product management a lot of horribly named things and objectives <laughs> and key results would be one of them. Um, and and another way to think about it is goals and things I can do to further that goal mm-hmm. um, And so when you're doing objectives and key results, you can you can design your objectives in a tree structure, and I kind of call it an objective tree. Okay. Um, you can do it in a tree structure where th- these two objectives feed a higher up objective which feeds a higher up maybe your goal in life is just to be happy mm-hmm. um, or maybe you're, or maybe you want to think for your product, my goal, my product is to double revenue right And so what you do is, is you design this tree that's like your top node in the tree. Mm-hmm. And then you have all these objectives that kind of come off of that. Mm -hmm. And so out of the objectives, what are are the objectives that you want to work on, that you think are the important things to work on? Mm -hmm. And then what are those those maybe two or three things each quarter, each each year, that you want to work on? uh that would further that objective that again again at the end of the day feeds the higher up objective Mm -hmm. i think as you if for people who are visualizing this you can also see how this can kind of help structure teams Mm -hmm. in a company your personal life can kind of feed uh into career development personal development products and all these different types of things you can read a lot more about okrs uh google does uh uh, was one of the big drivers of it intel i think before them Mm -hmm. um and I've done my own kind of spin on it when I, when I apply it. I try to make mm. it as scientific and measurable as possible. Right. Um, you always want the objective to be measurable. You want the key results to be verifiable by someone else, not opinionated. Mm, I um, like that. But at the end of the day, I, th- I find the OKR method to work very well. I think everyone has to kind of adapt it and adjust it for their own needs. I like more rigid. Other people like more flexible. Um, but it's, it's, it's a great way to measure it and mm. also keep everything aligned,
0: going in the right direction okay i love it thank you for that for that life hack you know okrs that's that's the language that we're using (laughs) all right so jeremy we are about to jump into the dolphin tank are you ready i'm ready okay question number one what's the top tech that you're using to make your business run smoothly
1: the top tech that i'm using right now i'm doing i'm working with google cloud Mm -hmm. um I've got a Python Cloud SQL stack on there. Okay. Um, nothing fancy.
0: All right, cool. Rapid Fire, favorite quote or motto that you live by?
1: Motto that I live by, um, do it. <laughs> Just, <laughs> Just do get it? it done. Just okay. do something.
0: <laughs> Love it. Favorite or most impactful book that you've read? Most
1: impactful book that I've read. It's
0: okay if you got um, a couple.
1: The, I would actually, uh, uh, if I get it right, Ner- I um uh, uh, by John Gibson, I'd say uh, like neuroman I think it's Neuromancer if I'm getting the name of it right. Um, hopefully, I didn't name something that's really weird. Um, <laughs> I, I like a lot of the cyberpunk books, and I like a lot of science fiction. I read a mm-hmm. lot of my my fact and my science, and, okay. and my, a lot of the product. I like the science fiction because I help. It helps me kind of be creative or think about things differently. Mm-hmm. And anything that kind of keeps my brain going. Oh, that's wacky, or that's an. It gives me actually many, it's those kind of books, those kind of sci-fi books or cyberpunk books by like the really, the great authors, like, uh, Gibson yeah. being one of them, um, has been one of those things that I found helps kind of keep me sharp. That's how, I always look for a sci-fi show on TV that I can always watch. They might be horrible, yeah. but at least they're doing something like, well, that's different. Yeah. Um, and it helps me just kind of keep my brain kind of keeps, it, keeps going. it going.
0: Creativity flowing. Okay. Yeah. Three jewels that you would tell someone uh, looking to create their best life.
1: Oh, boy. What would be the three things that, that I would tell people uh, to create their best life? Don't forget that uh, um, people too often down-prioritize, I think, their own happiness or, th- or themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they get kind of too tied up with the career. And they don't figure out how to align that properly. So prioritize so happiness. I think you got to prioritize happiness. Um, okay. And but not to, not to a fault like, uh, you know, I don't go as far as saying for the people who, when, when they are p- getting a job, make sure you love your job every day. Mm-hmm. You're not going to love your job every day. Some days it's just uh, yeah. it's a little bit of a downer. Okay. Um, but, uh, you should always be trying uh, and also just act just again. Like, as I said earlier, my motto or whatever you want to call those jumble of words I said earlier, <laughs> um, you want to just, just do something. Mm-hmm. Um, don't overthink it. Don't get frozen by by decision or saying I need more data. At some point, you just have to you just have to do. Um, mm-hmm. And what big whoop? It doesn't work. I've have th- had so many failures. I w- I was fortunate because mm. I had most of them front loaded. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> in My life. Mm. Um, I learned a lot early, but mm. at the end of the day, like you just got you have to move things forward. Okay. Um, and I two jewels and and build relationships. Mm-hmm. Always be developing relationships. Always be networking. Um, always be curious and want to understand other people. Um, The more curious you honestly and earnestly are, not fake, not just be curious because I was told to be curious, Mm -hmm. but to actually engage and be curious, um, you're going to be so much more successful and people are going to be so invested in your success as well.
0: Okay. Love it. Uh, So what's next for you? What's coming up for the product guy?
1: (laughs) Uh, What's next for me? Right now I'm really big into uh, my own startup that I recently started called Tafifi. Um, I, ca- it's, it's, I call it the living roadmap. Um, there's so many roadmapping software out there. There's a lot of roadmapping software out there that I actually I like okay. and, and meets certain kind of uh, tactical needs. Mm-hmm. Um, like you have ProdPad, which is really cool because they do this now, next, later thing. And you have a product board, which uh, does really, I think it does really, not so much the roadmap part, but it does really good at kind of organizing the initial ideas. Mm-hmm. But there's no real software I found. There's Aha and all these other types of things that they say are for product managers mm-hmm. that's just easy for a product manager or product person let me say product person because you don't have to be a product manager to have a product right uh, a CEO could have anyone could be trying to mm-hmm. move a product forward But how do you have something that not only helps you kind of organize your thoughts, Mm -hmm. but also helps you kind of track those thoughts, those micro milestones that you're making, so that you you feel that sense of progress, that you know you're moving forward. Mm -hmm. Those milestones that, from the experiments, track those experiments into the features, into the product. But also, and I say it's a living roadmap, because it's also something that helps you... uh, um, uh, project out the future and see where things are likely to fall, when, you, when things will likely be delivered. Helps you manage stakeholders, keep the right stakeholders at the right times aligned with the product. Um, really just helps everyone kind of stay on that same page, helps uh, with real-time collaboration. Um, I think there's too many things. Like if you think of Aha, and I, I don't mean to critique another product mm-hmm. uh, like this as, as heavily, but H- Aha kind of, I think, facilitates more of a, of a, of a split sort of model where you kind of have developers use JIRA product people use, aha. And then you kind of, it feels almost like you're throwing it over the fence from one product to the other. Mm -hmm. And I think everyone really needs to work in one place in a collaborative environment because everyone can be part of that solution. Everyone can kind of contribute those ideas. So I think you kind of have, you base it, you do everything I kind of was just talking about, but you put that on a foundation of real, real time collaboration where you can get, get answers, but also have conversations in real time, put it all in one place so you can move forward as quickly as possible. Um, but at the end of the day, it gets out of your way. It should be a tool that helps a product manager. Um, not not do project management, but to do product management, which means helping fi- understand and find the problems that users have mm-hmm. and solving them mm. for the user and for the business to make some money there.
0: Got gotcha. you. Okay, love it. Um, how can we keep in contact with you?
1: Um, you? All you have to do to get in touch with me is you go to guy dot com. The website is yeah. super simple. <laughs> I love it. Um, you can go to productguy.com, dot com and it has like all my projects on there. Um, and you can click through to them. You can email me through that. Um, You can also go to theproductgroup.org. If you want to join the meetup, Mm -hmm. uh, we're always looking for mentors, and that's theproductmentor.com. And so all these different ways, they all go to the same Gmail account. So any way that you contact me through any of these (laughs) sources, um, it all goes to my Gmail. Um, So I'm always happy with people reaching out to me. Or you can find me at The Product Guy, and I'm on LinkedIn as well. So just type The Product Guy, and you'll find me everywhere. I
0: mean, on Twitter, everything is literally (laughs) backslash The Product Guy, and he has actually trademarked the name. He's trademarked the product group. (laughs) Jeremy is very, very thorough, and that is one thing that I definitely appreciate uh you four. that being said i don't know how much i'm going to appreciate this part we're ladies and gentlemen we have reached the turnaround and this is where jeremy is actually in charge i don't know what he's going to ask me but he's definitely going to ask me uh he gets at least three questions to ask and i have to answer them no matter what <laughs> so deep breath Sorry, Jeremy, uh, you are now Don't worry,
1: I, I, keep them, I keep them easy. Okay. <laughs> I, I get at least three? I thought it was up to three. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I, I could have done got so a much little bit more. of time here. Um, I guess one of, the, one of the things I was kind of curious about, I know you work with a lot of, a lot of people, a lot, a lot of companies, and you do, do a lot of work with, As we, I think we were talking earlier about goal setting. Mm-hmm. What are some of the challenges that you're seeing with, with companies, with people that you're seeing? What are the mo- most common problems and challenges that you're seeing people kind of uh, uh, str- struggle with or trying to overcome now?
0: hmm um as you know low level as it may sound focus I, uh, you know i see i see that as a as a huge challenge because now you have you have so many distractions we're just talking about in life general we're not talking about business or anything like that
1: i think it applies to both what you're what you're uh, okay. saying there
0: yeah so i'm seeing focus focus and consistency because there's so many options and so many things that you can do you know in today's day and age that it's kind of like you know are you willing to put the phone down and literally focus in you know <laughs> for the next hour or two hours or five hours that it takes to actually move uh forward and i think another one is is um I w- i'm gonna call it death by comparison right you know you're looking at how amazing people are doing you know on social media and things like that and you're really you're really lost uh, because it might not necessarily be um, you know what's actually going on this is curated content remember at the end of the day so I think that those are two uh, big things that I that I see death by comparison inconsistency right it, you can go you can do some amazing work in two months but you know as you know it's doing it for 20 years is what makes you to be able to come in here and have this conversation with me. And none of the questions really blow you away because you're so thorough in this, but you know, you've had your challenges, you know, and what did it take to become the product guy that in itself (laughs) is like a crown because like all things product come to me, I'm the product guy, but you have to have, you have to put some skin in the game in order to be able to speak to this intelligently and really earn that reputation.
1: Yeah. I like that you are mentioning the whole death by comparison thing. It's, Mm -hmm. I think that's that's a very common problem that you see not just personal life but just the companies as well they, they see that see that great product or they mm. see that see that great person and they just keep they don't realize there were so many failures and absolutely. so many missteps and so many things went horribly wrong yeah. that you will never hear about it. you know that great <laughs> book that tell all book that came out it will not be in that book right um, they'll do the, the nice kind of gems that that sound fun right um, but man there were like 500 others that you never heard of or that absolutely. time
0: where the entire company quit oh you won't hear that either right no absolutely <laughs> not um and 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 what it took to actually get them back, you know what I mean? And that's the story. That's the reason why I wanted to have you on so you can actually talk about, you know, things from a different perspective, you know, and what may or may not have, you know, went so ideal.
1: What products or companies should we kind of be aware of in in talking with these people who you think have kind of overcome some of these challenges, the focus and dependency stuff where we really need to be able to look at them for product X or product Y?
0: um i think in terms of goal setting there are a couple uh that i that i see who are doing some some things in in the market uh, there's an app called stick uh which is doing pretty good and there's another one called Beeminder. um and so these are two goal setting apps um who are doing some amazing things and uh have the smart goals formula really down pack. um and so it's it's exciting uh for me you know and as you you know we're critiquing some of your competition I have my critiques of them as well in some areas where I feel like things could uh, be improved. And so, again, that death by comparison, if I were comparing myself to these companies, then I would never get off the ground. But you know what? There is still room uh, in the industry. And so that's why it's important. You know, you really, really have to believe, um, you know, in yourself, in the product that you're creating first. And that's what leads you into uh, creating more uh, greater things you know because it, it's as simple as well hey you know if there's a, if there's an apple there's if there's an apple there's a microsoft or if there's all these great companies and there's no need to create another computer or no need to create this and create that when in reality there is a need
1: yeah and i think you just touched on something really important there as well like very lightly so i just wanted to emphasize it yeah. was this whole death by comparison um, and we were talking earlier about goals they have different goals. They might not have the goals, the same goals think. as you. The product might be so v- similar, mm-hmm. but three pivots down the road, yeah. and they will be completely different markets, different audiences. I was one of the original owners. I had a, the, one of the original tablets. Mm-hmm. Um, I had it when motion computing was like the only one making these slate tablets. I loved it. It was great. I used it for everything. I used it all the time. It was, right. I didn't even use a keyboard for a few years. Wow. And so I was using it all the time they moved on. now everyone would have said well they owned the market they were the whole thing everything moved on mm-hmm. and motion now they do it for healthcare, and they do it for a completely different market completely different thing not for consumers at all so always keep the whole goal aspect in mind when you're thinking about comparing as well
0: oh i love it man thank you so much uh for wrapping that up so jeremy i want to say thank you for being on the create your life series thank it's you for having been me. a pleasure man Truly a pleasure. Oh, wow. We have Omar is saying, great interview. Definitely taking in great information from both of you. Thanks, Omar, for commenting. See, Jeremy, you're giving everybody blessings around here, man. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, Create Your Life Series family, you know we will be back with you uh, next week. So uh, stay blessed and stay informed. Beautiful people, if you enjoyed this episode of the Create Your Life Series, be sure to download it from our podcast, which is available on createyourlifeseries.com iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Music. Also, be sure to leave a review of the podcast. You can catch us live on Sundays from 5.30 to 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time via 90.3 FM in New York or on Facebook Live at facebook.com backslash kevbrown1. We encourage you to participate in the conversation on Facebook or call in at 212-650-6903. Follow us on Instagram at CYLSeries and at Kevin Y. Brown. Be blessed, and we'll see you back here live next week.
1: Create your,
0: create your life.
1: Create ta propre vie. Create your life. Transami Create your life. Crea la tua vita.
0: Create your life. You better create your life. Create your life. Create la Create your life. Create your life. Create your life.